really just yesterday booked a, it's a work trip, but it's a okay. fancy work trip. So it's like Singapore, Tokyo, Las Vegas, Grand Canyon, Tucson. And that's a work trip? Partially. I'd say like 80, 80%, 80%, 80% of it's a work trip. Okay. Hey, you're listening to The Curbed Appeal, a podcast for people who live places. I'm Asad Sarkat. And I'm Jeremiah Budin, and we are both editors at Curbed and co-hosts of this podcast. Yeah, so thanks for joining us. Today we have the co-founders of multidisciplinary design studio Family New York with us. They're going to be telling us about what they're working on, what it's like to work with the illustrious artist Kanye West, and everything that's going on. Thank you so much for coming in. We're so excited to have y'all in the studio. And especially on this blustery day, you brought yourselves out of the office to join us. us, So thank you. We just like to always start by having people tell us about their deal. And you have a very specific, hilarious manifesto on your website. Um, Tell us more about this manifesto, because it is pretty unique to architects. Like, it's not the typical architecture, like, arca-speak kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It's got its own vibe. Yeah, well, believe it or not, we actually really struggled with that, too. Yeah, it took us a long long time. time. (laughs) How how long you wanted it to take? To, to, do that. to do that I mean it, it's a constant discussion within between us right like how do you articulate the work that you're doing and how do you put into words what sometimes your project or what, what your goal is with the architecture so it's always been a discussion and then of course once we started working on the website it's like okay how do we put it there and we rewrote it and wrote it a couple of times but yeah I think the current one we're pretty happy with it what's yeah. funny is like I think we wrote a bunch of versions of it mm. and it moved a lot and then at some point Literally just adding the fucking awesome at the back. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, I don't even care what the front says. Right. Like, that sort of just summed it up really well. It's a nice reward for people for who get to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's, it's like, right. It's exactly. like a nice, it kind of somehow made the whole thing, like, easier and gave a kind of, like, a sort of breath to it, which was really helpful. Because right. I think we were, we'd, we'd vibe between being, like, too self-serious and then too casual and too bro or whatever. Yeah. But some of us. Well, I would. <laughs> You're like, well, don't probably, let me in. <laughs> I'd probably be vibing both. Um, yeah. But I think we were trying to write something that was both, like, we obviously want our work to do big things and actually have real impact. But at the same time, I mean, we're not writing it for architects. We're not writing it, like, I give two shits of architects. <laughs> like, like it or not, it's sort of all the people that we end up working with and meet, we want, they just go to a space because they think it's a great space and are excited about it and they don't really know why right. or what it does. And, I think that's really important. The other, the other interesting thing about it to us was, in a way, because we we started working a while ago, way before family actually, and we always worked together. And then we realized, looking back, that there's a common thread throughout our work, and we were we never had before necessarily to articulate. You know, you just kind of go, go, go. You do stuff, and obviously there's thought behind it, and there's things you want to accomplish, but it was never like put in in form of a statement. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, there's uh, there are these things that we that some of them really just happen intuitively. Like you kind of know when, when pieces fall into place. And, and, and that's where the kind of, we just called it fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you said that you've started, you know, you started long before Family New York, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, tell us briefly, like, how you guys partnered up and why you decided to kind of strike out on this venture and why then the firm is called Family. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Okay, so we met 10 years ago, I'm afraid. (laughs) It's already a decade. Almost to the, we had a few months, right? Until 10 years, something like that. 
Eight more months. Okay. Uh, sounds creepy. Sounds really creepy. But we <laughs> met um, in uh, working at Rex in New York. And uh, actually, our bosses at the time, Arizona and Josh, uh, Joshua Prince Ramos, I think they acknowledged or they realized we were good in a team before we did. Because, mm -hmm. you know, back then, he was a junior and I was an intern. Um, so he's technically my boss. <laughs> Not anymore. But, uh, <laughs> But we, you know, and you kind of just like, it was my f first big job is like, I was completely, you know, on a different planet at the time. But we just ended up working well together. And then they, they, they realized that before us and they moved us on a couple of projects together. And then we kind of, uh, I left after about a year. Um, I went back to Romania and then did a bunch of other things, but we always- Which is where touch. you're from originally. I'm originally from Romania, yeah. So I went back, did my thesis, and then I, I, I traveled a little, or like worked in different places. Um, but we stayed in touch this entire time and we always worked together. Dong had quit and I mean, he's going to say, say his own version, but, um, we did competitions while I remember I was in, in Africa and he was in New York and we'd Skype, um, and it was easier to, you know, to just talk for five minutes on the phone and work together like that than to actually be in the same room mm -hmm. at the same t table with people that you don't have the connection with. So in a way I think we felt, or for, I can totally say that. I think we're stuck with each other at that point because <laughs> it, it's not I had, I had never had that before like you work right. well in teams or stuff like that but you'd never like connect to the point that I feel we do better work we're better together than we're uh, separate and then we're like oh well I guess we're stuck <laughs> like family <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the name come came from well then. what's funny is we actually don't have like a very good origin story for it um, but as we talk about it more, what I realized that it was one of those names that just sort of felt right. Mm -hmm. Like there was no like, oh, this is some based on some theory or agenda that we want to have. I I have a tendency to always want to change names, mm -hmm. and I went through probably like ten names beforehand, all sorts of things. What ten, were some of the other names? Times. Can you will ten you reveal uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which ones you thought? So of? my first one was Rad Nature, which I still well, I, when I wanted Rad in the name for the longest time, and then mm -hmm. at some point I noticed there were like five other offices with Rad in the name. And for the record, I did not have anything to do with that. No, you don't think, <laughs> I don't think you had. You're disowning that idea. No, no, I don't think she had anything to do with anything except for family at well, that point, because I just kept moving it around. Right, after Rad, I know there was Wilderness with like there was like wilderness. There was well, it's because like wilderness.com was taken, so I had to throw another. Oh my goodness! On there. These are peak architecture firm <laughs> names. Also, like wilderness with two W's so and is, two S's. This there was is. one involving socks, I'm pretty sure. But socks? it was at, 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 at the time. I think I, I'm pretty sure we have a G chat history in which is like just like donk throwing out names. Mm. And uh, for like weeks or something, I was in Africa at the time. I remember in South Africa specifically. And at one point, he said family, and I was like, okay, stop. Done. That's it. <laughs> and we, we really did we never question we, like, like we didn't okay. discuss what does it mean or whatever. Yeah. Like we were just like, okay, stop. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And and that in a weird way that I think that kinda sums up how we work too. Mm -hmm. Is sort of like we'll over rationalize or at least I will over rationalize stuff and at some point you hit an intuitive mark mm -hmm. where maybe there's some rationale hidden in it, but it's not really un, like that conscious yet. And then it just feels right and you're like, Okay, that's it. Yeah. Like we hit it, let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but but lately also, I mean, we have been laughing at the thing. Like, we've been with each other for 10 years. We are, in a weird way, stuck with each other. And we probably love each other and hate each other more than anybody else, like you often do with your family. Right. So the name definitely fits. The name Because we all really feel that well. way, yeah. too, about our family. We always yeah. say we, we fight a lot, but at the end of the day, you still have dinner together. Mm. So yeah, yeah. that's in simple terms. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for any listener who doesn't know, Dong and Iwana were part of our first 
class of uh, Groundbreakers at Curbed, which was super exciting for us. And um, I actually have spoken to y'all before about your practice and something that has always really uh, fascinated me is that you work a lot on the internet. Like your communication happens over Skype and on Gchat, which you've mentioned. And um, tell us more about that. Like, why does that work for you? How did you find kind of that rhythm <clears throat> on the internet? <laughs> I think a lot of architecture firms do, especially, you know, the older kind of like stalwarts of the <laughs> profession. Yes, it's like, you know, it's like, is Robert A.M. Stern like on the internet a ton, <laughs> slacking his coworkers? <laughs> like, probably not. You but know, maybe I don't know. It, it's interesting. Back at OMA, the um, Rem would always send faxes, like because he was traveling yeah, so, so much. So, and it, those faxes are legendary. True. Yeah. So for any listener who doesn't know, that's obviously Rem Kulas. <laughs> Sorry. And that's a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a phone. Yeah. We should throw a fax machine. Does that exist? I don't know. Do you have a fax machine? No, we should no, throw one. We, we don't even have a landline. But you should definitely, <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely put a fax number right that like leads to like Erica Badu's call, it, like answering be service. Amazing, be awesome. I love that. Let's let's work it out. Um, I don't know. I think it just kind of happened. I mean, neither of us or we didn't grow up with with the internet and with computers. I think I kind of picked it up in college. But now with purely professionally, I mean, we travel. You, travel a lot you're mobile so it, it's like a good way of communicating i mean i guess there were at least what like five years in there where we weren't in the same city or country yeah we, so it was yeah, just a requirement just, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's like how it started different actually. time zones different everything so like we would g-chat about stuff or just like send like we set up actually one of the most useful things we set up mm-hmm. blogs for each of our projects that we were doing at the time like just like messy like dump shit onto blogs um, and they're really interesting for us to look back on, because yeah. they actually have a really amazing record. Yeah. We actually try it now in the office, and it never quite works out. Right, because we're but all at the same table. Everybody's there. Yeah. I kind of miss those times in that sense, not not to <laughs> be in different continents. <laughs> but um, the fact that we would just upload, we were in different time zones, naturally. And so we had to always just upload on the blog whatever we were doing. And, you know, you don't write the longest ex- explanation. So you just want the other person to get it. So that, that forces you to edit things down, mm-hmm. both to articulate and to edit things down. And it's a really huge exercise. Yeah. It's the most ex- interesting exercise. So actually, I think, you know, when I travel and I have someone from the office sends me a package, I sometimes... I actually realize that you know sometimes it's better when they have to do that when then when I'm in the office and kind of mm-hmm. stepping in halfway through the process and they have because because it forces you to to be very clear about what you're doing and that's when you realize that's where you challenge your own idea and you realize like is it actually any good or not and or once you put it into words you kind of have a it just helps you understand it better it's interesting to hear you say that the internet is kind of a funnel for your ideas rather than I think people think of the internet as this like giant thing that's going to influence your thinking about everything and there's so much information available to you but for you it sounds like it has kind of helped you refine your process because you can only you share what is essential for this person who is traveling what's funny is like we were just talking to Archie from PlayLab that we mm -hmm. worked with a lot yesterday and he was saying how now that everybody has a wealth of so much imagery on the internet like you basically either have to turn it off completely or you have to edit like there's no way you can process all that stuff or either because we're old or whatever, but you can't really process <laughs> as much stuff as you can't make any sense of it. And actually how we work oftentimes when we do design studies is we'll just blow it out and come up with a hundred things. But from that, the next step is to edit it down and actually mm. clarify those hundred things into like three buckets or whatever you need to do. So weirdly, I think it works well that there's a ton of information, but you 
because of that, you need to figure out how to find that right. information a little better. I feel with most with mo- most of these things, or particularly with the internet, it's it's really what you make of it. It's an amazing tool. You can waste your life on it too, and you know you, you don't say like, <laughs> you can waste your life on the internet. I don't do that. Do you? Yeah, you don't, that's not something we should be telling the listeners. You guys are doing great. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Animal Curb. section <laughs> on yeah <laughs> on basket no, um, but if, for example, now that I was gone two weeks, I made a point of not using the. Uh, the internet at mm. all, and actually my phone. Where were you for, like for those two weeks? two weeks? In Mozambique, mm. in Southern Africa. It's really amazing. But when you, once it's it's one it's one of those things that when you come back, you're like, oh, I actually didn't miss anything. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. the world still turns, and I'm like, yeah, it's still kind of okay. But the other thing I was telling Don, like the reflex there to to just check check the news every five minutes or to just check on all these things that you know, I normally would do is like their reflex isn't there anymore. I don't know how long it will last, but actually being somewhat detached from that, that mm. is kind of nice. But back to the internet, it's an amazing tool. It's really knowing how to use it and how to make most of it. Have you guys ever thought about putting up like a divider in your office so you can just pretend you're on different continents? <laughs> <laughs> Put up different time zones. That might help sometimes. <laughs> just like slide it up. I mean, yeah. I live in Harlem, so I can just work from there. From You'd love to that, time. wouldn't you? <laughs> Dong, are you in Manhattan too? Or are you? I'm in Lower East Side. Okay. Yeah. So, you know. Not, not a different time far. zone, but pretty yeah. far. Yeah. <laughs> Friends are like, oh, yeah, I'm having a housewarming in Harlem. I'm like, have fun. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me all about it. <laughs> so you mentioned the internet and obviously uh, uh, just how much it has affected your practice. Um, when In thinking about uh, Plus Pool, which is one mm-hmm. of the projects that you have been working on for a while, the internet has factored pretty prominently there mm-hmm. in terms of just getting the word out that this is happening and and also Kickstarter funding um, some of the work. Can you talk about that? And can you just describe Plus Pool and that project for people who might not know what it is? Sure. I mean, so it's Plus Pool is a um, Olympic-shaped or Olympic-sized plus-shaped floating pool. Um, lots of hyphens in, in, in there. Lots, sorry. <laughs> so it's a big pool that floats in the East River that filters river water so you can swim in it. So it's basically like a big strainer that you can drop into the river. Right. And it's on the East River. It's on the East River. Um, we haven't yet nailed We're We're uh, announcing a site um, this summer. We're still working on kind of finalizing that. Um, and then the other half of it was it's a complete initiative by basically four friends, including one and myself and the two guys from PlayLab, um, who had no background in any of this, let alone water or swimming pools <laughs> or launching a gigantic capital project in New York City. So, exciting. Exciting, <laughs> yeah. Ambitious. Um, but this thing, I mean, in regards to the internet, like, I don't think this project would exist, period, without the internet. Like, we would not have gotten past, like, the first day. We wouldn't have raised any money. We wouldn't have met anybody. Hmm. Um, we wouldn't have even probably thought it was a thing we could do at the time. I think it's a combination of internet or that moment in time and it being New York. Because the sheer amount of people that, are interested in the project because it affects them directly and the support they have offered is is huge. So I think it's actually a combination of the two. The fact that it was, uh, you know, there's so much uh, New York-centric media, like Curbed, of course, and without the interest from those specific sites, again, it wouldn't have been the same because websites in Europe can pick it up, but it's just like doesn't, you know, doesn't have any push right. or people don't have anything in it. So it was actually very interesting in that sense because it started, it literally feels like, okay, we, we did that. So with the Play Labs, we did, we had the idea for a while and then we just did a website and a booklet and 
I, sh I think they just showed it to a friend or like a blog picked it up and then it kind of blew up. But it feels, frankly, it feels like from that very moment, like it's almost out of our hands. I don't mm. know if that's fair to say, but I think the, the people and the internet and the push was so big that you just feel like, okay, now we have to do something. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like we, we basically sort of like dropped it into the internet and then from there it sort of like rippled everywhere. Actually, I mean, I think, and in full honesty, I think Curved was one of the, if not the first to pick it up and that really expanded completely like the audience of people that saw it. Well, we, we you know, we like to blaze yeah. the trail for people. <laughs> it was very, it was very, very important for the project and um, and still is actually, I mean, we're here now. Um, but also because I mean, dumbly, it was a super hot day. Like people were like, oh shit, like that'd be nice to be there right now. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, that was, it's as visceral as that. And I think, um, but because of that, you know, one of the uh, principles that Arab saw it on like Gizmodo or something like that, and then cold called us, which is mm -hmm. how we have them as our lead engineer now. And describe Arab for oh, people. Oh, sorry. So Arab is, I believe, around a 10,000 person engineering firm founded in London, but basically like one of the world's greatest engineering firms. So a good partner to a have. A good partner. For an architectural project yeah, of this scale and this you Well, know, what's crazy is like at the time, um, and actually coming out of school, like they were the only engineering firm that I knew of because they were working with RAM, they were working with all the greatest architects at the time. And so when the principal called, I think I basically thought it was a prank for the first <laughs> call. And I, I think I was like polite, but I was like, okay, thank you. And like hung up. And then he had to call back and be like, no, we're kind of serious about this. We actually want to help. And we have a team that's like ready. Can we come meet you guys? That's and great. So, and so we had a really funny meeting that was like three of their engineers and the principal sitting on our like junky ass office and them basically pitching to us why we should work with them. And I'm like, I don't know why, how this is happening right now, but that was an amazing start. Yeah. I, I think for us at the time we thought putting it out there, that was it. And not, and it actually turned out to be the start of something. Like I think at that time we didn't necessarily realize it was the start. It was, you know, it, it was like a kind of the culmination of some effort, like putting the renderings and then drawings and some things out. We're like, okay, good. But I don't yeah. think we, we saw it, it as like, okay, now we're starting. No, like, it, oh. was, <laughs> it was really just, I think we put it out there because we were just curious if anybody wanted something like this. Like, is this even a good idea? Because we thought it was a good idea, but maybe nobody cares about a swimming pool. Um, and I, I don't think we'd thought beyond that. We hadn't thought, how do we literally start building this thing? Where do we find partnerships and fundraising and all that stuff? That was nowhere near our brains at the time. Yeah. Um, I, and, and then suddenly, like, Juana said, I was like, oh, well, we have to do something about this now. And Because it got real. Because it got real, real. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, speaking for Curved, I was with New York, I think at that time or a little after, I remember like we would just, something would pop up about the plus pool and we'd do a post like every two months about yeah, it. Yeah. But that was also very much our, like our standpoint was like, look at this crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, it like, yeah. couldn't possibly happen. And here <laughs> so, we are. But, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Very, yeah. very glad that it is. Yeah. There are moments where like you'll step back from an amazing meeting or even just like a normal meeting. You're like, whoa, that was like where we started with this project and where we're having this very like serious meeting is a crazy spot to be in. Hmm. The, pro really fun. the project actually also stands very much for what family stands for, or kind of um, man, many of the things that are on the thoughts are kind of materialized in the project. And one of them that we experimented, I think kind of unknowing at a time was that you wouldn't start, typically you start with a client who has a site and a budget, and then you put the team together and that's how a project grows. But there was basically the opposite. Like, can you start with a design? Can you start with a good idea and then kickstart things that way? Uh, which which is still very much on, you know, we're still very much intrigued by that strategy because 
as designers, we believe in, in, in the, the, the power of design and architecture to come up with solutions that you don't see or can imagine, right? Like that's the whole point of a client coming right. to you. But then that, you know, if we were to wait for someone to approach us to make the world's first water filtering, floating, <laughs> swimming pool in the East River, we would have been waiting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would have been waiting a minute, yeah. at least. Yeah. So you thought it was a prank call when Arab called. <laughs> Did you think it was a prank call when you were asked to design Kanye West's <laughs> mountain, his volcano for his 2014 Yeezus tour? Tell us about how that came to be. Well, that we we knew him beforehand, so we had... You did? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was immediate. You'd heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we actually did. But we, we, were, we had been working together with him for a little bit before okay. that. So On it, what it kinds was, of projects? It, it was... Uh, uh, it was something that kind of just uh, uh, happened at one point uh, on on quite a few projects, and I think when the, some of those projects are going to be ready soon, and when they're going to be ready, I think they're going to become public. Bef- and frankly, I think I'd rather leave it leave okay. it up to Mr. West to present them. But I think once uh, there's a lot of things in the works, and once they're going to be ready, I think they're going to become interesting. So much suspense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say it is funny when you see his name pop up on your phone. Right. There is that combination of like, oh, he's calling again. And like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's been like years of like the same thing, it's still that combo of like, okay, this is a very normal call. You still get butterflies every time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, totally. It's really funny. I would too. I think that's a fair statement to make. But yeah, tell us more about the, the design for the tour. I mean, that obviously has been... Public for a while. I went to the tour at Barclays. Awesome. It was crazy. Thank you. Like mind bending. And just seeing such a you know monumental physical structure on stage. Tell us about you know how you arrived at that scheme and and what it was like collaborating well, with with him. Um, in in working with him, it's always we were part of a big team. The same way his music works, where you always bring a lot of people on the table mm-hmm. to the table. Uh, the same happens in the in 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 any process. I would say with him, he he wants the best of all minds together. So we are part of a big team, which involves Vanessa Beecroft. She's part of everything that that Kanye is doing. She's amazing. Um, Virgil Abloh, um, S. Devlin, and and a bunch of other people. All of Donda, basically. Um, so it's amazing to be part of that uh, part of that group, and it's a very non-traditional process. Mm. Like. Uh, in the sense that you don't just design something, hand it over, and someone builds it. It's very collaborative. It, it takes a longer time. There's a lot of back and forth, and everyone kind of chips in and participates. So we're very lucky and happy to be part of part of that team. And then you know, once seeing it, it become when it becomes real, and actually seeing it at MSG and having thousands of people like viscerally reacting mm-hmm. to something that you're part of, that's just mind blowing. That's not usually how architecture works or design works. <laughs> Um, so it's pretty, pretty amazing in that sense. Yeah. It's rare to have so many people interact on any level with an architectural project right. like this. I mean, it's, and I, I imagine the turnaround time was a lot faster than like a traditional project as well. Yeah, we're very spoiled in that sense, both with, of course, works like this, but then also with the pool. There's so much mm-hmm. f- feedback that we get on a daily or like regular basis. That's really amazing. Very different kinds of feedback, of course, but with the pool too, we get, you, you just get, you know, call calls where people are like, I really want this, or people from Australia is like, we need one here, and how do we do it? It's it's really just amazing, and I think the most uh, the most interesting in a way was one a, a six year old something girl 
call Dong one day. Well, well, I was thinking it's funny. I never really equated the two until now, but that both the pool and like Kanye stuff have, well, obviously Kanye stuff, but it's so part of pop culture in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I think that's been one of the nicest things is it's not just in the architecture world or in the design world. And in fact, that's a very small part of the people that see it or interact with it. Absolutely. And that's pretty amazing. Um, so that hall that Wanda was referencing was, I don't remember which year this was, maybe like the second or third year. Um, got a cold call on the plus pool line. And basically it was a, a young girl asking uh, when the pool was open tomorrow. Like, what were the hours for tomorrow? <laughs> That's so cute. And and I was both overjoyed and kind of heartbroken. And you <laughs> right. could hear in the background, like, I assume it was her dad sort of, like, giggling. And I was like, uh, well, it's still a few years away. And she was <laughs> just like, oh, okay. And, like, hung up. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we better get this thing built. But it was kind of amazing because it was, one, I was like, oh, our renderings are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> that is the standard to yeah, yeah. aspire to. I mean, if you can get a six-year-old excited about your upcoming architectural project, Seriously. you can do anything. <laughs> so uh, shifting gears a bit, I just wanted to talk really briefly about kind of collaboration in general. It sounds like you mm-hmm. kind of have collaboration as a central part of your practice. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important to you? Um. Again, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily intentional. It's not like mm. we set out. I don't feel like we set up to be like a collaborative practice in that sense. But in a way, it was, again, I think just, we just want to be, a, we wanted to engage people in worlds that were not just strictly architectural. Mm. And so it, to do that, you have to work with other people. And so in like the dumbest way, the, the reason we started working with the Play Lab guys is because with the pool, we're like, well, we need some way to communicate it. And at the time, we'd met Jeff, one of the partners at Rex, and he was the only kind of graphic designer-y type person that I knew at the time. Mm. And it was a very simple. It was like, oh, can you help us build a website? <laughs> and then immediately, like from day one, it was like, okay, these guys are like partners. Like this is beyond just hiring some dudes to build a website, like, mm-hmm. and they're going to help drive it. And, and now Archie is the executive director, actually, of the nonprofit, and um, Jeff's director of community anyway. So they're like in it for sure um, and own the project just like we do. And that kind of collaboration just came very much like, well, we need help doing something that we don't know how to do very well because we want to expand architecture to more people, basically. Right. Um, and that's probably about it. I mean, you just work with people that do stuff better than you do. At the same time, <laughs> even when it comes down to the people that you're doing things for, as an architect, I think it's just so important that you actually listen and understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no point in just making a container for and for someone who, to then figure out to you know how to how to live in it how to use it so in in order to make a a, a a building or a space really worthwhile you really have to understand how those people use it and everyone uses things differently or has different priorities and things like that so i think having that collaboration also with the client is super important uh, that's the whole point. And I think early on, we already, our mindset was always like, if you approach something, actually, Ares, our first boss, was always saying that um, sometimes the first time you ever do something, you're going to do it the best time because you you don't have the preconceived idea of what a thing is and you're going to try your hardest. The second, the third time, you already think you know what you're doing, which means the risk of actually repeating yourself to a certain degree is is already there. And I think mm. there's some truth to that. Like I think a lot of, of the process, especially when you start, when we start of a project, is actually unlearning what we think something mm-hmm. is. Like for example, what a store is or what a stage is or whatever. It's like really just like just questioning again in very kind of blunt, simple terms. What is it that we actually have to do? You know, and unlearning. And I'd say yeah. like I mean, a majority of the projects we're working on or do 
are not things we've done before. Like we don't really have, you know, we don't have that track record of this one type of project that we keep doing over and over again, mm-hmm. at least yet, and hopefully not <laughs> kind of in the future, but which means everything in some ways is sort of a black hole when you get into it. So you start just bringing on people that you think you can help and there never is that single person that knows exactly how to solve it. So it's very helpful, I think, just to bounce ideas with a lot of different types of people. Totally. And then the other is, I mean, you work with people like the Play of Guys or Virgil or certainly like Kanye, and you leave any kind of discussion or meeting or talk or like thinking completely differently than mm-hmm. how you went in. And Virgil is Virgil Abloh. Sorry, yes, Virgil Abloh. Yes. Who mm-hmm. is uh, Off-White, um, which is a um, clothing company basically that we do a lot of work with. Cool. And also just an amazing guy in himself. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just more fun, I guess. Yeah. You get to talk to more people. For sure. All right, so we have a lightning round now that we'd like to do with both of you. No pressure. Sure. Does not need to be super lightning. Do we, do um, we answer you, at you once or um, is, it, hmm. is this a test? To see if you answer the same. To see if you answer. We are going to well, grade answer, you. Answer however you'd like. Yes, there will be a grade yeah. at the end. <laughs> uh, first question is how do you organize your bookshelves? Well, we don't have a bookshelf at the moment. I don't organize it and don't. Oh, what about at home? Sorry, yeah. at home. Not just in the office, but at home too. In your any bookshelf. <laughs> and mine are by size. I think from from large to small. That's very Rem Cool House. No, no it, it just has to do with the space and where it's stuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly joking. <laughs> uh, mine's just where there's space. Like I'll just shove a book where there's space generally, so it's not very organized at all. All right, but you know, there's there's order to the cast. It's like yeah, it's only it's basically are. just one shelf, like one big bookshelf. So I don't have like a billion books where I can't find anything. There might be more whiskey on that shelf. Yeah, there's <laughs> a huge amount of whiskey. How do you organize <laughs> your whiskey? Uh, by how much of the bottle is finished. Okay, so kind of <laughs> same thing, size. Yeah, yeah. Descending yeah. Size easy, easy accessibility, basically. <laughs> um, do you guys play music in your office? And if so, what kind of music? Um, at the moment, we don't because we're actually in a big office shared with a lot of other people, which is too bad. Yeah, it's I mean, very considerate of you. I like to be. <laughs> we, we know yeah. the feeling. <laughs> yeah. um, but we used to. We, we just moved to. here like a few months, a few months ago. But we we always played music, um, all sorts. It always depends. It's pretty mixed. Yeah, we sometimes have. Uh, yeah, we we always try to to get someone to play the music. Oh, <laughs> always like live it. music in the office? No, or, no, no. Or no, 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 no. Getting, getting someone to be the DJ for the day. <laughs> Yeah, the DJ for the day, and then sometimes they're really reluctant to do that. You should um, just bring in quartets. But the interesting thing yeah. is whenever you, you get close to a deadline, then you're always kind of blasting louder, louder yeah. music. There's definitely like a, you know, your t- standard like Kanye, Drake, Kendrick playlists, future playlists. Right. And then there's... You mean your standard? Uh, <laughs> well, mine would probably just be like 90s indie music, which is not necessarily the best to work to. And I always feel kind of embarrassed about it. Um, I don't know. There's not really like a set. So Always it changing. Moment, I guess. Yeah. Is the noise in the office now just kind of ambient typing? Yeah. yeah. Everyone has <laughs> everyone has headphones on. So. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody told us that podcasts get higher ratings if if they have an uh, <laughs> iTunes if they're rated explicit. So we're wondering if you guys you've done a little bit, but if you could just like say a bunch of curse words. <laughs> What's your favorite? Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. You've already said fucking awesome several times. That's great. Uh, What's your favorite curse word? I I swear a lot. I I use. I still think motherfucker is like a good one. It's just like a solid. It has has serious heft, you know? I'm not into that. (laughs) (laughs) I just use fuck a lot, a a little bit too much. Yeah. But I feel like I cuss more in like a positive way. Like rad shit and fucking awesome stuff. Like I rarely, 
I don't often cuss if I'm actually upset. You don't right? yell, scream curse words at people. All the time. No, it's like no, not really. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe I do. Do I? Mm, I don't no. think I do. I only curse when I'm really upset, like when like yeah. someone runs the light and they almost hit me. Mm. You know, like serious situations. I'm never just like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Although I get the appeal for sure. For I think sure. for me it has to do with the fact that you know partially I learned my English from music and movies. Right. Um. So I have a rather limited vocabulary. No, but Romanian Romanian has some really crazy curse words. There's what are a Wikipedia. There's a. There's a hear I'm not gonna say that. Wikipedia. There's Why a Wikipedia. The there's. We <laughs> 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 gotta get in. People there speak that language. No, there's a Wikipedia entry page on Romanian curse. Words, I, I dare you to check it out. It's intense. Uh, in Romanian, I'd almost uh, never swear besides just saying Draco, which means hell. But mm. there's some really intense stuff. Can you translate out there. what they mean? Yes, I could. Yeah. I will not. <laughs> I just want you to read the Wikipedia entry aloud to us so we can hear it in the right answer. Well, you hear that, iTunes? <laughs> um, would you rather live in a cave or in a tree? I guess that means like treehouse. I don't really think we thought through that one. <laughs> I'd do tree. I'd do tree, too. I was going to say, unless the cave's, like, on the beach. So but you want to be on the beach, beach too? Like yeah, a beach I'd rather cave? be on the beach. Beach cave is cool. Or mm. a beach tree. I'd say tree, then. <laughs> I basically lived the last week in, a, in, a, in kind of a tree house, so I'd stick yeah, to yeah. that. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a, that's the right choice. Uh, how would you like to ascend to your tree house? Would you have, like, stairs or, like, a rope or what? I could never make that rope up. Yeah, that'd be tough. Maybe like slide down from a higher cliff that's over the beach. Okay. <laughs> so you're just always going down. Yeah, you're just always going down. And then slide from there to the beach. And then never go up. That's, just yeah. never go back up. You just have a one house. And then each, take a boat you know, to the cave right. that I actually live in. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you solved it. Um, this one says, how do you take your coffee? But I feel like we already found that out. Yeah. Since you guys but let's coffee. hear about oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's a little good How do you generally take your coffee? I generally do black milk yeah why why is that you like to cut the you like some dairy, dairy <laughs> yeah in there. i i yeah black feels a little harsh i feel like if i'm in like a harsh mood right. like i'm like i don't have any time for this shit then i'll do black for some reason hmm. but milk seems like like a nice start to the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love the shrugging motion <laughs> yeah. also. it's milk it's milk um if you could build in using any material, regardless of like structural viability, if it's like an actual material, you clouds, can use. clouds, yeah, clouds, clouds. That's a good one. Yeah, I can't beat that. Clouds. We agree on nice. something. <laughs> uh, Daniel Lewiskin said, "The poetic consciousness of humans." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I was like, tell us, tell us how that would work, sir." <laughs> I mean, it's a cool answer. Yeah, I was just like, really, what do these you know, buildings look it's like? It's definitely not structurally yeah. viable. But I like it's only the poetic consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I don't want the other, other consciousness. Right, I don't want that. Just the moral consciousness, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I think it's good to limit to limit that because humans. I don't know. I was like, that could get kind of frightening. Yeah. God People come up with all kinds of man. <laughs> cloud is boring. Yeah. Cloud is good. I was thinking like bubbles. Bubbles are bubbles are kind of like clouds. Like you rainbows. and your bubbles. That's just yeah. That's what I would use. Just like good vibes. Is that yeah. Good vibes. <laughs> that would be great. Just a house made of good vibes. Probably doesn't look like anything. <laughs> or like a cloud, I guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, that's it for the lightning round. If we have a sound effect, it's going to go right here. Pew. <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. This has been really cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks really for having it. us. Did Thanks, you guys yeah. have anything you want to plug or anything like anything? That's a good, yes. Yeah. That is can a good we can do plugs. Um, Pluspool.org. <laughs> uh, that's 
probably I don't really know anything else. And if you need sound effects, Dong is here for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's very good at sounds. <laughs> Let's lay few lay down a few sounds just so we can use them just in just in case we need them. Um, now I'm blanking. Can you do a hot ninety seven air horn? Oh, ah <laughs> uh, shit. Um, <laughs> no, that one. <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> we killed him. He had a head. <laughs> so sorry, but no, that one. Hot ninety seven. <laughs> All right. Well, you both tried. I mean, uh, you, you, you honestly totally had it in your, okay. in your back pocket. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. This has been great. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Thanks. for having us.